the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you are going to love hearing the latest in the world of food. First, Kev, what do you think is the motivation for most Americans to treat themselves to chocolate? Mm, taste? They just, it's satisfying? Uh, good Pleasant guess. experience? It's, you're close. It's to lift their mood. Yeah. yeah. Second, over half of Americans feel like they got their snacking habits from their parents. Cookies, potato chips, and popcorn are the most popular snacks. And finally, in the world of food, did you hear what McDonald's is selling on their secret menu? Those $9 birthday cakes you used to be able to get when you had your party at McDonald's oh, when I you were a little that. kid. Huh. Yeah, uh, all of McDonald's owners, operators across the country have the option of ordering the cakes that come in vanilla and chocolate. So you can't just walk in and say, give me one. Well, some do. Some order them. Oh, they're going to Some keep have them, them. yeah. Huh. Uh, they can, these owners, operators can order them from their local distribution center for employee or customer celebrations. Occasionally, restaurants decide to let customers buy the cakes, but they're not on the official menu and you won't find them at all locations. Hmm. I saw so. a meme the other day and it was about the hot apple pies. Ooh, um, McDonald's and, and how, I don't know if they're still this way, but back when we were kids, mm-hmm. you had to wait like 15 minutes for that thing to cool down. Oh, yeah, oh, they're you're, so you're hot. You're going to burn like eight layers they're of skin off really, your tongue. They're still really, really hot. And I highly recommend you buy them and dip them in a soft serve ice cream cone. Ooh, good call. Or have it handy so for when you do burn your tongue. Yeah. Take a bite, take a lick. But take a bite, take a lick. It's apple pie a la mode, McDonald's Ooh, style. There you go. Are you pretty talented when it comes to looking on the bright side? Coming up, why being optimistic is more important than ever. Are you pretty talented when it comes to looking on the bright side? Well, good, because new research just showed that being optimistic can actually help you live longer. People who see situations as glass half full are more likely to live past the age of 85. Uh, Researchers have been following these people since 1976, Hmm. watching their lives and their lifestyle. And people with a sunny outlook on life at the start of the study were more likely to be physically active and less likely to have health conditions like depression and diabetes. And this was in the headlines. I don't know if you heard what Putin said the other day. He's like, happiness is a mirage. Happiness is a mirage? <laughs> Something like that. It was like the most pessimistic thing I've ever heard. And so I don't know how long he's going to live, but based on this study. <laughs> no one get too excited. <laughs> I'll look up the exact quote, but it, I'm sure it's all it's over like Twitter. But it was grumpy, so funny. grumpy parent president. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone calm down or I'll turn country back around to communism. <laughs> <laughs> you like standing in line for toilet paper? Uh, I think not. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, anyway, so if you have those optimistic people in your life, they're going to live a long time. I have got a great example of that. A, yeah. l- a living example of that. I'll share it with you in a minute. 
So we're talking about optimist, pessimist, glass half full or glass half empty. And what effect does that have on your life, on your well-being, on how you treat yourself, how you treat other people, how long you live? I think I have a great example of it in real life. Share it with you coming up next. We're talking about this new research that's been going on since 1976 that optimists live longer. Mm -hmm. And I was talking about the opposite, a, a pessimist, and that's... Vladimir Putin. Who's, you mean the opposite he, of optimist? Yeah, he's, he is he's a, a pessimist. pessimist. Yeah. He's he's kind of like a a villain from a superhero movie or a James Bond movie because at a recent press press conference they're like, oh, how did your meeting go? How did it go with the the president? He quoted Tolstoy and he goes, "There is no happiness in life, only a mirage of it on the horizon." Wow. <laughs> like, well, that's the feel good press conference of the year. Woo! <laughs> Let's move forward. <laughs> I wonder if there's a Russian version of that Lee Greenwood song, Proud to Be an American. Is there a Proud to Be a Russian? I don't know. That did not inspire anyone <laughs> right. to sing it, if, if there is. But you said you know someone who's yeah. living a living, breathing well, here's a living, know, example a of A living optimism. and a no longer living example of optimist and pessimist you guys know i'm a huge beatles fan happen to be wearing a beatles t-shirt today mm-hmm. and uh there's a song that the beatles did called it's getting better all the time right everybody think mm-hmm. it's op- very optimistic but listen to it real quick it's getting better it's a little better all the time it can't get no worse <laughs> and that's paul and john singing and those two guys are an example of living an optimistic life or living a pe- pessimistic life both of them lost their moms at a really young mm. age, but one guy, Paul, very optimistic about life, oh, very yeah. positive. John, total opposite. I mean, wow. they were like polar opposites, which is why they worked together so well. But that song they wrote together, and Paul's part is, it's getting better all the time. And John's part is, it can't get no worse. <laughs> and look at how their lives have turned yeah. out. Not that, I mean, J- John didn't die early of his own fault. He was, you know, unfortunately, his life was taken from him. Right. But... He was not a happy person, despite all the fame and fortune and everything that goes with it. Yeah. He was not a happy guy. Paul, on the other hand, has been very happy his entire life, has lived a long and pretty, I mean, he's still out on the road, and still doing his thing. And he knows heartache. Like you said, he's lost his mom, he lost the love of his life, his and wife. yet he's yeah. still so positive. Right. So Any interview I've ever seen with him, you just, you're in a good mood afterwards. Exactly. I mean, you, you see him doing like this. He did a thing with Jimmy Fallon. Where they were surprising people. Oh, and it's like these. So fun. These, everyone from 15 year old girls to 60 year old women. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it's Paul <laughs> I guess if everyone reacted to you that way, you'd be happy too. <laughs> right? <laughs> no wonder he's so optimistic. Right? No wonder he's so happy all the time. <laughs> Everyone's happy to see him all the time. Spending some time on the show today talking about optimists because they say optimists live longer. And um, it's interesting. I don't know about you, but I feel like the the only way you can truly be a true optimist is if you have faith. That hope and joy that comes from Christ is like the only way it happens. And when you see that lived out in someone who, when you look at the circumstances of their life, you're like, why are they happy? Hmm. <laughs> like outside looking in. And one person that comes to mind is my, I've told you so many times, Kev, about my grandma, Bessie. Mm-hmm. She had a really hard life. She was tossed around in the foster care system. 
and ended up giving birth to my mom when she was only 13. Wow. And back then they whisked the baby away. She never even got to see my mom and later mm-hmm. found her when I was a teenager. We got a call from her and had a great relationship with her. But she had um, just heartache after heartache in her life. And yet... She really was one of the most optimistic people I've ever met. Like my husband and I took her to SeaWorld one time Mm -hmm. and it, I'm not kidding you. It was like taking a six year old. She was so giddy (laughs) when she saw like the, the whale jump. She was like, wow, she's clapping. And, um, and I really think it came from the faith she had in Christ. Like that's where that optimist came. That was the only thing that sustained her through all those heartaches in life. It is faith. And it's, it's a rock solid trust that no matter what Mm -hmm. things, you know, it's not Pollyanna. It's not, Oh yay, Look, another tragedy. It's not, not that at all. It's that trust that no matter what, in the end, it's all going to be okay. Mm-hmm. God, God's got it. And I, I might not know in my lifetime why mm-hmm. things went the way they did, but it's all going to be exactly. okay. And having that trust can lead you to be way more lighthearted, right? Way more childlike, like Jesus told us to be. Okay, did anybody in your life have a super unique name? Like, I mm-hmm. love telling you a story about the guy that my dad worked with named Woody Branch. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> well, uh, a super famous celebrity... Just had twins. Talking Usain Bolt, you, the, you know the Jamaican track and field great, and he already has a little daughter, uh, Olympia. Um, her her middle name is Lightning, Olympia Lightning <laughs> Bolt, and now they had little twin boys, and their names are Saint Leo and Thunder. So the kid is going to grow up literally named Thunderbolt. Isn't that the coolest name ever? He needs to be a superhero or something. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing Thunderbolt. (laughs) Watch him wind up being really passive and calm and chill. (laughs) You got this name like... Thunderbolts, and he's going to be like... He doesn't like to run. Yeah, I'm yeah. Cool. Whatever. I'm really into playing video games. <laughs> what I've been mostly impressed with is that his wife, uh, Casey, she was willing to go along with it. Well, she rejected the first one. Nuts end. <laughs> Bolts. <laughs> first name Nuts. Middle name and last name Bolt. <laughs> hey, you know what I love My about unique names? My dad was really weird. Yeah. Unique names, of people never forget you. What's that? <laughs> if you have a really unique name, people will never forget you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. I, we've got some unique names in there. We should talk about that. Do you have a unique name in your family? So we're talking about unique names. Do you have any mm-hmm. unique names in your family? We'd love to hear the name and the story behind the name. Because usually there's there's a story there, right? We'd love yep. to hear from you. Come on. We want to hear from you. Hey, Elaine, it's Kevin and Taylor, and we're talking about fun and quirky names and, and how they came about. What do you have for us? My daughter, my daughter, we spell her name Jennifer with a P-H, and my son, Chad, we spell it with two Ds. Now, why, why is that? Why did you go P-H and double D? I was drowsy when they came in for the, uh, to write it on the birth certificate, so my <laughs> husband did that. We're talking about the fact that Usain Bolt named his son Thunderbolt. <laughs> so there's so many yes, u- unique names out there, Crystal. And you almost gave your daughter one? Yeah, I sure did. I wanted to name her after both of my grandmothers. One's name is Esther and the other is Ollie. But when I put them together, her name would have been Ollie Esther. And that's just a little too close to polyester. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie exactly. Esther, polyester. <laughs> yeah. 
Isn't it funny when you have kids in your life, you do things you never dreamed you would do? Oh, pretty much your whole life <laughs> is doing things you yeah, never dreamed Yeah, well, I'm not a mom, but I am an aunt to 11 nieces and nephews. And thanks to my nephew, Lance, I did something I've never done before. I'll tell you what it was next. You know, you do things for the kids in your lives that you're like... I would normally never have done this mm-hmm. in a million years, but I love these kids so much. So I did something the other day that I've never done before. I took my nephew, Lance, who is visiting me, to a professional soccer game, or as you all like to call it, football. Just <laughs> <laughs> He kept correcting me on that. <laughs> he played soccer his entire life from the time he was four years old. I saw him play when he was five. Tore his ACL twice. That's how much he loves soccer. He kept going into it. And uh, I had never seen professional soccer live in my entire life. Mm -hmm. And on TV, it puts me to sleep. Mm -hmm. Live, it was a blast. I told you. We had so much fun. (laughs) And I learned all kinds of things from my nephew. He taught me what a... um, own goal is mm-hmm. and he knew that it was it was a header oh yeah and he knew it before the announcer told all us i was like i couldn't tell which head hit the ball he goes oh that was an own goal and i was like really what's that and then i learned what a bicycle kick is oh yeah where you basically have both legs up in the air like you're riding a bike and he goes i said does that hurt so bad when you get down to the ground he goes it all depends on how you fall but if you fall wrong it's pretty painful yeah and then i was asking him all kinds of questions like after each game, are you really like bruised and battered? He goes, pretty much. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just part of the game. Yeah, people put their kids in the soccer because it's not a contact sport. Oh. <laughs> they quickly learn otherwise. Yeah. And then my niece, um, <laughs> Alyssa, she played soccer her whole life. And she um, she saw the post that we were there. And she's like, I'm so jealous. I'm watching the game on TV right now. So, so. rate it like it's a Yelp review. Would it be five out of five? Highly recommend. Oh, five out of five, for sure. I can't wait to go again. Oh, that's cool. Like, I never dreamed. I, I was you. kind of dreading it. Because, you. like I said, watching soccer on TV puts me to sleep. For five years now, I've been telling you, you got to go to a game. It was so fun. You're like, yeah, it's not our thing. And nah. this, this sweet little family next to me. Um, mom, dad, and this adorable little girl, they were singing all the songs and the cheers. And oh, she yeah. had this cutest little voice. She was like, you know, so I can't, I don't know the cheers by heart, but let's say she was like, go team. We love you team. <laughs> like it was the cutest voice. It was so fun. We had a blast. So I have a feeling next game you go to, you're going to have your face painted and you're going to have memorized all the songs. Probably. <laughs> Did you ever go gung ho for something and uh, and you go? There was that one sitcom where they were gung ho for outdoor stuff and they kept going. We got to get the gear. We got to get the gear. And they overbought That's all Portlandia. of this stuff. Yeah, yes. to go go like for a hike. They had the poles. They had the backpacks. They had all this stuff just to basically go for a walk. Right. Okay. Well, I'm finding myself I think in that position where I've been a. I've told you guys for years. I'm a, I'm a guitar owner. Mm-hmm. People go like, Oh, do you play guitar? And my skill level is not that good to ever say like, Oh yeah, I play because then people go, We'll play us something. And I'm just not that confident or that good to to do that. But I love the guitar. I love playing the guitar. And I said for Father's Day, man, I was just like dreaming big. I was like, I would love to get this Schechter DJ Oshba Signature Series guitar. I mean, it's crazy nice guitar. Yeah, it's a crazy nice guitar. It's like, it would be like saying, I want to learn how to drive. So I'm going to get a Ferrari. It's that nice. It's that nice. So, of course, your family probably got it for you, right? So, right. In my head, I can play like DJ Ashba. I can can play like this in my head. 
actually playing is nothing like that. <laughs> is this an electric guitar? Oh, yeah. Oh, and it's got okay. like all of these built-in effects on it and stuff. So wow. I was making a lot of noise with it Whereas yesterday. Whereas you've only had acoustic up to this point, no, right? No, I've had electric guitars. Oh, I didn't know oh, that. No. Oh, I've had both. This is but all never, big news. Never one this nice. Like there's a button you can hit on. It's called a, like a delay. And you hit it and it goes like, it's really cool. Okay, I so a, last night coming from my basement was, like over and over so speechless. Okay, let me just assess this situation in my head right now. Okay, so your wife raises a drummer, right? She has drums incessantly going in her house, right? And since he moved back in with us because he's pursuing his masters, drums are back, right? And then she purposefully buys her husband who claims he's not that great on the guitar mm-hmm. an electric guitar with all kinds of sound effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what kind of home does she want us to there's, put her in? <laughs> there's going to be a special quiet place in heaven for Tracy. But remember in my head I'm this. <laughs> That's DJ You got to give us way. a recording of what it actually sounds like. Of me oh, of me playing no yes. see Taylor, in your job description, it says that you want to try to get listeners, keep people listening to the station. That would be the exact opposite of that. So, But thank you, honey, for the awesome Father's Day present. This is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. I was telling my whole family at the dinner table about this story the other night. It's so moving. This teenager in Rhode Island named Shane came up with a pretty creative way to make money this summer. He would buy repossessed storage units... And sell the stuff inside. I guess there's some kind of HGTV Storage show. Storage wars. Storage wars. Yeah, yeah they're all like, you need to watch that show. Well, it wasn't long before he realized he couldn't do it. He could not make money off of people's weakest moments and their mm-hmm. lowest moments. So instead, he went on a, a mission to reunite families with their belongings. And so now people who thought their stuff was gone forever, because what happens, you like, you get evicted throw your stuff in a storage unit, then you can't afford the payments in the storage unit. Mm -hmm. He's reunited people with like the outfit that their baby wore for home from the hospital. Priceless family heirlooms, photo albums. And this has become his thing now. And word of Shane's kindness has gotten out and he's surprised by the attention, but just thrilled to see people reunited with their mementos. Oh, he's like uh, he's like Ebenezer Scrooge. He had a big change of heart. He's only sixteen. <laughs> yeah, what a cool kid. He thought he found the uh, found the key to his untold millions, and, <laughs> and instead, instead he's giving it all away. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, this is kind of raw and honest, but as a parent, do you ever feel like a failure? First, you're not, and coming up, you're definitely not alone. As a parent, do you ever feel like a failure? Every parent has those moments, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, but there's a disturbing reason why that happens. Parents feel like they see or hear a negative comment about their parenting four times a day. Hmm. That just seems so high to me. It's crazy. And, and that doesn't even count the inner dialogue. <laughs> yeah. Parents hear negative comments meant to be behind their back. They get a stare or a whisper. It's one thing to be judged by strangers, by the way. Those are the common ways. But moms and dads are even getting judgment from their own parents and close friends. Hmm. The bottom line is that parents need our love and support. It is such a tough job. And what an opportunity to love people with God's love. 
if there's a parent you know that's feeling down or struggling, you can step into their lives and make such a difference. Yeah. I, I know with my own mom who passed away in August, a lot of times I would misinterpret. She was just trying to be helpful. Mm. Now, sometimes that helpfulness came out as like, oh, well, I guess they do parenting different nowadays. <laughs> Great. <laughs> that doesn't sound judgy at all. She had the spiritual gift of trying to help but sounding judgy. <laughs> Love you, Mom. <laughs> so that was interesting. We we're just talking about uh, moms and and how they feel like they're judged was four times a day. Is that like from yeah. other people, Mo- moms and dads, moms yeah. and dads, parents are judged. Here's what I would love to know from the moms in particular, because I know in in mine and my wife's relationship, we have four kids, and I'm always like, we've done a great job with our kids, and she's always has doubts, which I think is a a mom thing is is to do that so here's what i would like to know from you mom which is worse the dialogue in your head or things that you hear other people say which is tougher for you we're talking about what what do you find harder to deal with particularly moms is it the inner dialogue about your parenting or is it what other people have to say about your parenting and and i've had a front row seat to who i say is the best mom ever my wife tracy we raised four kids and i challenge you to find a better mom and she deals with that inner dialogue a ton and i saw this meme the other day taylor and i saved it and i know why now it was for today and it it encourages moms to replace the phrase i'm such a bad mom all right every mom has said that i'm such a replace that with I'm actually a tired mom. I'm actually a mom whose biggest fault is I say yes to my kids too often. I'm not a bad mom. I'm actually a mom who's a little overwhelmed and could use some help and understanding. I'm not a bad mom. I'm a lonely mom, and I feel like nobody understands. So if you can give yourself that little bit of a break, because I'm telling you, I see I see moms that come up to Kevin and Taylor events. Oh, my gosh, what wouldn't you guys do for your kids? Nothing, right? We see how how polite and well behaved your kids are. We see how even the, I like the rambunctious ones. To be honest with you, I like the ones that do that. They'll come up and go like, "Hey, Kevin," and their mom will go, "It's Mister Kevin." They'll go, "Okay, hi, Kevin." <laughs> I think I see myself in that kid. But anyhow, whatever, however your kids are, you are giving it your one hundred percent, mom. You're giving it your all. Every day for them in the lunches you pack in the making sure every permission slip is signed. Did you get your homework done getting them to school on time or writing them a note if they're late and being like, this is the last note I'm writing you. That is all being a great mom. All of that stuff. And and kids, number one, they can't appreciate it when they're kids because they're just so focused on their own lives. And then I really believe until they have their own kids, they're not going to realize the sacrifices you make every day we see you we're here to cheer you on mom keep it up hey terry it's kevin and taylor so glad that you called in because what i've noticed with my wife we've raised four kids is that for her that inner loop in her head that self-dialogue is is the thing that i think uh she winds up feeling the most bad about about her mother i try to swoop in and be like oh no honey we've done a great job so what is it for you now more it's that inner thing because uh, my kids are a little bit older Mm-hmm. 31 and 27 and 20. And so here are the bonding things that I thought were so great with them growing up, like sleeping in the same room and playing together and having my one son watch my son for an hour after school when I had to work part time. 
you know, and he had to take care of his little brother and give him a peanut butter sandwich and he couldn't go out after school. Yeah, right. It wrecked his life, you know. Mm. And <laughs> I was mm. like, well, we gave you everything. We took you everywhere. But these are the little things that you remember. Yeah. So they're being critical, so, and their criticism is what's causing you that, yeah. that feeling of judgment? It's not only those little things, but you find things out what they really weren't as happy as you thought they were growing uh, up, and I'm like, wow, why? You, you <laughs> sound a lot a lot like my wife, and there's a couple things you need to keep in mind. Number one, yeah. it, it's generational. For some reason, I don't know why, but it does seem like there's this victim mentality, like my childhood should have been blank and in your mind you're like hang on we took vacations (laughs) you never you never missed a dance class you know mama i had your lunch packed every day in your mind (laughs) you did everything right in their mind for some reason i'm only saying that because it's with my wife i can see the heartbreak that she has sometimes with she's like hang on i stayed at home i did everything right Right. how can you say that but i think there's it's got to be a general i think every generation judges the generation before and eventually when they have their own own kids yeah. and go through the same stuff you did, they'll see exactly. it in a different light. I always tell them now, I says, you try to raise three boys and do all the stuff I did. Yeah. You know, let's see how you come out on top. Well, yeah. for you. So it's, it yeah, it's not exactly to me like, like you did a great job. Uh, thank you. You ever get a present for someone and it ends up being a present for someone else too? It's <laughs> yeah, kind of nice sure. when that works out. It's like, oh, sweet, two birds. Uh, well, I was able to surprise my dad on Father's Day with the news that me and my husband are coming to visit for his birthday. Oh, nice. His birthday is July 7th, and the show is going to be off anyway. Okay. Kevin's driving home to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Prodigy's doing something fun with his family. I'm not nice. sure what yet. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go see my dad, and it's his birthday anyway. So um, I told my mom first via FaceTime earlier in the day, and she was like, Oh, honey, that's wonderful. And, um, <laughs> You're a great mom. <laughs> my dad was, was really good. My dad was more pragmatic, and keep in mind, I mean, he's got MS, and there's a lot going on with his health, and he just mm. went, oh, that will be nice. <laughs> and I took that as his. if he had a healed, non-MS version of his body, he would have gone, Taylor, yeah. I can't wait to see you. I love you so much. Maybe but... it was in the back of his head, like, <laughs> how is this going to affect me? <laughs> is this going to do to my daily routine? Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of settled. He's very settled in his routine. <laughs> By the way, I posted a tribute to my dad, and I was like, I went on and on about how it's so cool how even though MS has broken his body, it hasn't broken his faith at all. Mm. I mean, he just he talks about heaven, he prays about heaven, he can't wait, he's ready, mm. and. Um, but I did say his dad jokes could use some work because I think the combination of all the medications he's on from MS and maybe uh-huh. a little bit of dementia. I don't know if it's dementia or if it's from the drugs. Uh, he keeps telling the same three dad jokes over and over. He doesn't yeah. know how to increase his repertoire. I don't think it's dementia or drugs. It's just a dad thing. That's a dad it's, thing. it's the third D. Uh, <laughs> it's a dad thing. If he says one more time, like, hey, what did the burp say to the toot? I'll just... I'll like pull my hair out. What did the burp say to the toot? Um, if if you, I think I'm getting. See, he's got to tell it to you again. If, he has to tell it to you. You haven't committed it to memory. If you go quietly, I'll let you out the back door. <laughs> <laughs> he loves that one. That's a good one. That's classic. <laughs> okay, has this ever happened to you? You get called out by a stranger. 
Our producer Griffin, Ooh. this is the time of the show when we check in with him. He feels yeah. like he kind of got called out by a cashier the other day. Oh. Can't wait to hear what happened. Huh. So Griffin's in the studio with us, and Taylor was saying that uh, you were called out in public. And a good thing you've been married for a while, because you're used to that. Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Any guy who's been married for a while knows their wife will gladly call him out in public. But this was a stranger? What happened? Well, yeah, it was the cashier at the grocery store. It was one of those specialty grocery stores that's right here near the radio station. It's my job to stop in there every couple weeks, get some things we need for the family. My wife does the same thing to me, too. Yeah. Makes me go to the the fancy store. The fancy one, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And uh, so I'm there checking out. During COVID at this store, they were pretty strict about masks and social distancing to the mm-hmm. point when they were bagging your groceries, you like had to stay six feet away mm-hmm. while they did all their work. Okay. Oh, I've been to that one. Yeah. yeah. And they they would only, they would limit how many people are allowed in the store. Oh, yeah. At once. It was a yeah. big deal. So I've kind of gotten used to that. And the guy's checking me out. It's an older gentleman. They're pride themselves on bagging your groceries really well there they do it just right you know it's mm-hmm. like tetris for them right yeah and uh i figured well he's gonna do that he's just gonna bag the groceries like they do here well he starts scanning and he's just setting stuff to the side then he looks at me because i'm just on my phone and he says uh you know sir now that covid has kind of slowed down you're more than welcome to help bag your own groceries now <gasps> Really? So I took that I as didn't a... I didn't know I was supposed to do that wow. there. I've never heard that. Yeah, I felt that like that was his way of saying, uh, Snap come help me it. out over here. Snap to it there, young, mal- yeah. young man. Because I've fella. done that many times wow. at like the mm. not fancy grocery store. Yeah. If there's no one coming over to bag my groceries, right. I'll just chip in and help the cashier. Right. But at that fancy grocery store, they don't seem to want you to do no, that. they typically don't. You don't no. even have access to like the you, bags. Like you no. said, they're so good at it themselves. They're so good. They, they'll fit stuff that would take me three bags. They get it in one. And nothing's broken. Right. What did you do? Did you start grabbing some bags? I didn't and- say a word. I just walked over immediately and started bagging. <laughs> I felt like I was, you know, whipped into shape by this old man yes, saying, sir. get to work. Yes, sir. Yes. Sorry, sir. So, I mean, he was like my, my grandfather's age. I mean, yeah. I felt, I'm going to uh, be so stressed next time. Like, I, I, in fact, I was thinking about going to that grocery store today. Yeah. And I'd be stressed. Like, I guess you would have had the option of going, I, I'd rather not. <laughs> yeah, that would have not gone And home. then your eggs, you would have gotten home with uh, 11 busted eggs out of 12. <laughs> Do you know anyone who's just like, these two people are like, they're attached at the hip. They're like besties or they're the closest siblings you've ever met. Um, and they share everything. Mm-hmm. Well, there's these two sisters and they became moms at the same time. Mm-hmm. And they're sharing something that um, I'm not so sure every other woman would be like, yeah, I would share that too. We're going to talk about it next. Do you know anyone who they're they're like attached at the hip? I mean, they do everything together. The first people that come to my mind are my twin baby sisters. They uh, look alike. They grew up dressing alike. Hmm. And they even were college roommates by choice because they're that close. It must have been confusing for the people that lived on their floor. Yeah. (laughs) Didn't I just Because they're identical. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so there's a story in the headlines and I could not wait to get their opinion. And I strategically asked them separately. So they I would, you know, get their sole opinion. And it is. There is an identical set of twins. They happen to give birth very, you know, like boom, boom. Like they both had babies together. Yeah. And they are breastfeeding each other's babies. And I have never heard of this before. I mean, I've heard of milk banks and, you know, donating Mm -hmm. your breast milk to help moms who really want that. And they, you know, they can't. The kid doesn't latch on or whatever. But I've never heard of breast milk feeding each other's babies and because my sisters are identical twins i'm like i gotta get their opinion 
So here's the twin that was born five minutes before the other twin. She said, um, that is so bizarre. I could never. That is such an intimate thing with your baby. And to do it with your niece or nephew, that's just gross. These people are not normal. (laughs) (laughs) I have an opinion on it. (laughs) And then uh, the other twin who was born five minutes later, and she got reminded that her whole life was a little bit more pragmatic. She was like, well, it looks like they're all in, LOL. I guess if you're going to live, see, here's what she weighed it. They live together. They married identical twin guys, and they all live together in the same house. And she said, I guess if you're going to live together and share clothes and space, it makes sense to share milk in their world. And they said, oh, we share milk because we're the same DNA. And she said, it's really more about they probably eat the same. So therefore, the milk tastes the same to the baby. Mm. So they're not like, oh, what is this? You know, they're like, oh, this I wonder, because, you know, they say that's how you bond with your baby. I wonder if these kids are going to grow up closer to their aunt than they normally would. Because, but anyway, I, I just, won, I it's the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. Does it cause any conflicts? Do the kids have a favorite? <laughs> this milk tastes better. <laughs> hey, it's my turn. It's possible, right? <laughs> I want the chocolate Who, milk. who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Fascinating. Do you feel like your workday just drags by hour by hour? I've so I've been there in past jobs before I got into radio full time. Mm-hmm. I would. Try but now play spending this. four hours with me every day it just flies by. <laughs> Depends on your mood. <laughs> wow! Right back at you. <laughs> okay, well check out this new idea. It's the five-hour workday. A new study suggests a five-hour workday can boost employees' well-being, and this will thrill the boss. Their productivity goes through the roof when employees are happier and spending more time with their families. They end up working harder when they are at work. And with a five-hour burst of focused energy, Mm -hmm. employers get the best out of their employees. Uh, And uh, they're saying one compromise idea would be to have a couple of long days and a couple of short days every week. Five-hour workday. It's an hour more than I'm doing now, so. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I don't know that I'm down for that. You know what this is? This is the world's smallest violin. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.